recorded live in the Lucky Number 7 Lounge in the basement of Dine, Drink, Travel World Headquarters in the barren wastelands of far west Texas. This is Dine, Drink, Vegas, the podcast by and for everybody who is stuck at home, wishing they were in the land of neon lights and bad decisions. I'm your host, John, the baller on a budget, and in episode six, we're going to dive into our drinks of the day, a little bit different this time. We're going to talk about our thoughts on buffets, hit you up with the latest Vegas news and channel updates, and it is now time to welcome in the founder of Dine Drink Travel, the high roller of the high plains, the leader in the luxury lounge, the king of comps, the man who is always eagerly waiting for his limousine to take him from the airport to his resort. It's Bill. Come on in, Bill. Hey, John. How are you? I'm a lot better now that I've got a beverage in front of me. So since we're going to talk about buffets and as we're going to get into it in a minute, you and I are both fans of the breakfast slash brunch buffet. Why don't you tell us our category for the drink of the day? So there are a lot of excellent buffets in Vegas. You can go to a buffet in Vegas and have a lovely dinner, and I've done it, or a lovely lunch, and I've done that. But when I go to buffets in Vegas, it's usually at brunch, and usually that's on the day when I have over-experienced Vegas the night before, and that means I need just a little bit of the hair of the dog that bit me to get my morning started, and I want a drink that I can probably get at the buffet. And if you're looking for a high-end whiskey, there is no buffet in Vegas that can help you, like not even the super high ones. That's not what they do. Nope. So we are doing hair of the dog drinks, the sorts of drinks you can get when you show up to the buffet first thing in the morning. And I think, Bill, we're going to start with your choice because yours is something I don't personally care for, but I'm willing to bet for uh, our small cadre of listeners out there, this is probably the first one that, that comes to mind. So, Bill, what are you drinking today? I am drinking a Bloody Mary because you can get a Bloody Mary at any um any buffet in Vegas. You could get a, bu- a Bloody Mary at any service bar in Vegas. It is incredibly easy to get, and it doesn't really matter if they use cheap vodka to make it because you're mixing it with other stuff, right? So it's fine. Now, there are better and worse Bloody Marys, but yeah, that's what I did. I got some Zing Zang Bloody Mary mix, and there are some that I prefer, but you have to hunt to get the Bloody Mary mixes that I like more, and that kind of defies the point of this episode, right? Something you can pour quickly, even though in our case, it happens to be 4.37 in the afternoon on Father's Day. So I went with a commercially available Bloody Mary mix, a couple of shots of vodka, Poured in some Worcestershire sauce, and oh my goodness, I think, did I just pronounce Worcestershire sauce correctly? Wash your sister sauce? Uh, yeah, whatever. What's a hoozy sauce? Uh, there, you know, it's the first time in the history of the English language that sort of thing has happened. I am proud of it, and I'm glad that I recorded it here live and on the air. But yeah, I did that. Um, it's it's you know what? It's never the sort of thing I'm going to go to because I'm like, wow, that's the high end of cocktails. But that's not the point of this episode. The point of the drink of the day on this episode is what gets you through your morning in Vegas if you did too much the night before. And the combination of the vodka with a little bit of vitamin C with a, from the tomato juice with a little bit of spice, that has saved my life on more mornings in Vegas than I know how to count. And to be fair, I can't count very high because I went to Texas A&M. But still, it, it, it has saved my life in Vegas on multiple occasions. 
Yeah, and I think uh, that makes now now both of the big classic brunch drinks are not my favorites, but but for the purpose of a and what are you holding to be the other brunch drink, the mimosa? I, the mimosa would be okay, pretty yeah, obvious, but I don't think the mimosa is a good morning after drink because that much citric acid along with the sharpness of the champagne I think might be a little rough. I know people do it. I would not. My go-to will usually be something coffee-related. Now, that might be as simple as simply adding rum to whatever coffee they're serving uh, at the buffet, which is a thing I do. Today, I'm drinking the Black Russian, which is just two parts vodka to one part coffee liqueur. Um, You can also do the White Russian just by adding some heavy cream or half and half to this, which is a little heavy for this time in the afternoon. Now, if you're at an actual buffet, though, what is it that you tend to do? So normally, uh, normally I'll just ask them to bring me a, a shot of rum to go in whatever coffee they have on hand. That tends to be my go to. Uh, but I have on a few occasions. I've done the White Russian. Um, like I said, today I'm just skipping the cream and going with the Black Russian because the White Russian's a little bit uh, heavy uh, for a very hot West Texas afternoon. So I do, though. Here's the reason why that wouldn't be my choice for a hair of the dog or a buffet drink. You know, I want a little bit of alcohol to get started, but I don't know that I want a drink that's entirely alcohol. And two parts vodka to one part coffee liqueur, that gets you off to the races quicker than I want. Well, yeah, but I think, you know, normally if I were to order this, I would have one of these the entire brunch and then just subsist on supplement with coffee and water. The other thing that I might do, although this is harder to get at some buffets, uh, but if I wind up at some place like an Irish pub, let's say Rira for breakfast, uh, actually a nice pint of stout, Guinness, Murphy's, whatever they've got. I really like that as a hair of the dog drink, but you cannot reliably find that everywhere you go. And again, it's got some coffee flavor to it. Well, not only can you not reliably find it wherever you go, but it turns out we are not 13th century monks trying to survive Lent. There's no reason that you need beer that you can choose, certainly not that early in the morning. I I would point out that uh, in terms of content and carbs, Guinness is lighter than your beloved uh, Modelo. So anyway... I think we've, we've pretty well covered the hair of the dog, but you do need a survival strategy for the morning after in Vegas, and, and hair of the dog is one of them, as are... Uh, as is access to the VIP lounge for immediate coffee. Yeah, and coffee is very, very important, which one of the reasons I like downtown is because many of the rooms have an in-room coffee maker, uh, and, and sometimes on the strip, those are hard to get. They want you to come down and pay the eight bucks for a Starbucks or whatever. I'm still going to go pay for that expensive coffee. I do wish that operators on the strip realized you want me to have that first cup of survival coffee so I actually start my day so I can come downstairs and spend my money. When they when they don't give me a coffee maker, they're actually taking themselves out of about two hours of me spending because it takes me that long to drag myself down. I think you'll be pleased when we go to Resorts World in a couple of months, because while the Hilton doesn't have in-room coffee makers, the Conrad and the Crockfords do, not to mention I will show you the spots down in the lobby where any person can go and just kind of find some coffee, because I am here for you, because I wouldn't let any man go coffee-free or alcohol-free during the morning in Vegas. It's just not kind. Well, and and listeners who have powered through uh, episode one, and again, we apologize for the audio qualities in episodes one and two, but you know one of my big disappointments with El Cortez was they gave me a, uh, a Keurig machine that did not work. And there is nothing sadder 
then waking up with only one eye functioning and uh, putting in the K cup into the brewer and hitting the go button and it no go. Uh, that really, I mean, it is the biggest wah wah you can imagine. It was and not good. It's no. funny now. At the time, I was a little salty about it because I really needed a cup of coffee. Well, and it was really funny for me at the time because it happened in your room. Right. It didn't happen to you. It happened to me. So fortunately, it's a small enough when we were on the second floor of the original 47. Uh, well, you were on the third. I was on the second. My room was not very far from their uh, coffee uh, coffee stand the hot dog stand and, and coffee stand at el cortez mm-hmm. by ike's bar the el um, cortez hot dog and coffee stand yeah well the coffee's pretty good i don't know about the hot dog but i'm not above a sketch glizzy uh i know you have standards but apparently i don't i um, have incredibly high standards until about three cocktails after dinner right which is usually when you wind up at casino royale anyway and that's when the hot dogs there all right well let's get on to hopefully better eats and let's dive into the topic of buffets and i'm going to acknowledge right off the top you've eaten at a lot more vegas buffets than i have and i think you're a bigger fan of buffets overall but there are some buffets in vegas that i really 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 love so let's start with uh actually i'm going to reverse what we have on the the run sheet we're going to let's start with lunch and dinner because I think we both agree. We said this in the intro. You and I both agree that, uh, that we tend to prefer the breakfast slash brunch buffet over lunch or dinner, although we both enjoy both. So if you're going for lunch or dinner, Bill, what is your go to buffet? What do you rank as your best or your top two? What do you think? So if I'm going for dinner, because as a general rule, lunch and breakfast pretty much everywhere are served together and they call it brunch. So if I'm going for a main meal of the day, um, I've got to say, I think that the best buffet is the Bacchanal at the Caesars because they've just got so dang many choices. And if I feel like carved meats, they've got me. And if I feel like crab legs and shrimp, they've got me. And most of the time, what I tend to want is some kind of an Asian dim sum, and they've always got that. But I think just because of the vast number of choices, what I'm going to do for for lunch or dinner, certainly for dinner, is going to be the Caesars Bacchanal Buffet. Now, to be clear, I'm going to pay for the Lime Pass because, y'all, if you haven't been to the Bacchanal Buffet, it can take the far end of forever. You don't want that kind of a line. So I'm, pardon me, I'm going to pay for the Lime Pass but yeah, I go for the Bacchanal buffet. What about you, John? Uh, I I think uh, I probably do that, but I might opt for Wicked Spoon because uh, number one, the duck wings are good, and number two, if I can still enjoy a meal after you bribe my wife into hitting me into the junk with a cane, and thank you for that. Yeah, that um, was. Should, should we tell meal. our listeners that story? Uh, let sure. So we were standing outside the Wicked Spoon Buffet, and I know I was there. I know John was there. I know that Mrs. John was there. I think a couple of our other friends were there, yes, but were. the the details get sketchy because of Vegas. But I said, "Hey, Lori," and um, and and John's wife, you know, sometimes walks with a cane. I'm like, "Hey, Lori, if you'll hit John in the nuts with that cane, I will buy your buffet." So she did it as if to be a joke. Um, to get the free buffet, 
Except it turned out to be non-joke strength. Right. So the thing the thing that happened was she was trying to pull the punch. And, and, and so uh, I don't know the demographics of our users yet, listeners yet, because I don't know. We don't have that many yet. But any gentleman in the audience will recognize what I'm about to say. She was trying to pull the punch. But what happened instead was a glancing blow off the left hanger. And if you've never had, like, sometimes the full square on shot hurts less. I mean, for women, let me give you an analogy. If you, wait, wait, is this really a place we want to go? Um, if you if you accidentally clock your whole forearm into a wall, squared up, yeah, it might hurt a little bit. But if you barely graze your elbow off the corner of a wall sometimes that just hits a nerve and hurts way worse than if you'd squared up and hit the whole thing that is the experience that i had it uh yeah i would have rather taken the straight shot to be really honest it it stung a little bit but the duck wings made it all better so i think it's tough because the 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 dim sum at the buck and all is so good I think Wicked Spoon might slightly edge it out, but it's really, really, really close. Also, y'all, I want you to know, a Lannister always pays his debts. I did, in fact, pay for John's wife's buffet. I didn't pay for John's buffet, though, because that may have been one of my less kind moments. I'm sure I'll get around to confessing for that at church at some point soon. It's fine. It worked out fine. So, uh, yeah, my wife and I have a joint bank account. We saved 55 bucks that day. I only limped for 20 minutes. It's fine. Um, but yeah, I think lunch or dinner, I think we both feel that way. So I, the one other thing I would, so there are a couple other things that I don't think are as good, but I do want to throw into the mentions. conversation okay. here. So the wind buffet is very, very good. It used to be my favorite till I discovered the Bacchanal buffet. The other thing is depending on the night of the week, the all you can eat buffet at the Palms can be fantastic. Right. Um, like that buffet, and I guess that's more of a a fantastic value find, right? Like, but it's um there there are other very good choices, but for me it's pretty clearly the Bacchanal. To me, I think the Wicked Spoon remembers that it used to be fantastic and has let itself become very good. So yeah. And I haven't been back to Wicked Spoon uh since the before time. So the I incident? Yeah, well no, since you know, pre COVID, before the world shut down. So I don't know whether Wicked Spoon is still that good. So I am going off of that. I have been back to the Buck and All in, in the after times, and it is still very much excellent. The dim sum is, uh, is amazing. All right. Well, let's move on to breakfast slash brunch, and let's cover that. And I think we might both have the same answer, but I'll let you go first. So, and I guess we should have talked about this before. And y'all, we've got an outline that's like half a page long, and it takes us 40 minutes to talk through the outline. We don't, I mean, this is not a scripted show. Um, And I haven't talked with John about this answer, but to me, most of the time, the best brunch buffet is going to be the one that's most convenient to where you physically are. Because it's brunch, and you don't want to go the far end of forever. Now, to be clear, if the only thing you're looking at is food quality, then it's still probably the Bacchanal or maybe the Wynn. And I see John's point about the Wicked Spoon because it's fantastic. Um, 
But like I uh, saw so on my May trip, I was in the Bellagio. That buffet used to be the best buffet in Vegas. That ended 20 years ago. They didn't improve or change or anything. But if you're in the Bellagio, why would you go anywhere else? It's perfectly lovely. They will give you some pork fat and some salt and some coffee. And it's great, right? Like it's, it's just fine. Um, the New York, New York has a hidden buffet that I talked about on the Dine Drink Vegas um, YouTube channel. It's very good. There are some exceptions. If you're downtown, the only real buffet is the Main Street Station buffet. And I know, right? Like just know. Really? So there's, there's some boundaries. But as long as the buffet you're going to is good enough, then for brunch, I would advocate just going to the one which happens to be convenient to you. So, and by the way, the uh, hidden one in New York, New York is inside Chin Chin, which is the Asian restaurant in New York, New York, uh, which I have not tried yet, although uh, my wife and I are going in July, and, and, and I think we probably do get breakfast there because I think I want to give it a go. So it's not that it's huge because it's not, right. but it's got all of your, your breakfast Basics. classics. Um, and if you're in the New York, New York, or maybe across the street at the MGM, although the MGM has its own buffet, or maybe across the street at the Excalibur, although they've got their own buffet, it's nice. It was, I don't know, it was like 28 bucks, which as meals in Vegas go is fine. I sat at the bar. I talked to the bartender. It's, yeah, I think for brunch or for breakfast, so there are other things that I value. I tend to not be going for a high-end meal experience, and I don't want something that sucks, but I would find the one most of the time which happens to be close to you. So, John, what is your take on the best brunch buffet? So I'm going to disagree with you on this one because if I, if I just want a survival breakfast, right, there are places that will make me a good breakfast plate, that are going to charge less than most of your mid-level buffets. And I, I would rather go to whatever the equivalent is of the American diner on a property than eat a buffet I'm not crazy about. And I, I am not a big fan of, uh, you know... The, you know, we did the Bellagio buffet. I, we did Mirage when it was still MGM. I don't think MGM buffets well. Now, I'm willing to try Chin Chin. But if I'm just of that mode, then I need breakfast to survive. There's usually options that might cost a little bit less, and they're going to get me what, what, what I need. I like brunch as my signature meal. And I want to, I want to dive into brunch, not just buffets, but brunch is a general topic down the road. Um, okay, I, and I see, I see your point, right? Like I see where you're going for this, and I've talked before in various contexts about favorite favorite breakfast, um, and you know favorite brunches and all that sort of stuff. But I guess my mind can't get over being the five year old kid in the late seventies, early eighties, back in deep East Texas. And the buffet is what you do at the church social because you want to eat a lot. Now, obviously, okay. in 1979, I wasn't going. I, I wasn't, you know, going to Vegas at a church social. That that wasn't what we did in that particular community at that point. But um, I don't know. I mean, that's kind of what my mindset is about the buffet. And buffets can be very high end meals. And I've had some very high end experiences. 
but that's just not how I tend to think of them most of the time because I've got this mental block and I almost always intentionally schedule. So I tend to stay in Vegas three nights. Sometimes it'll be two, sometimes it'll be four, but I tend to stay in Vegas three nights and I tend to schedule the buffet for the morning right after what I know my hardest night of partying is going to be to the extent that 49-year-old grown men party, right? right? So after the night of my hardest middle-aged man partying, um, because I don't want to have to look at a menu and make choices. I want to scoop and move. You go to the bacon station, you scoop, you move. You get some gravy, you scoop, you move. I don't want to have to think about it because that's how I tend to schedule brunch buffets. So what is your philosophy then? Like when do you schedule your brunch buffets, John? So let me, let me get back to what you just said in a minute, because I do think there is a situation where I will accept that kind of buffet where the thing is just a step above a golden corral, but you're trying to survive your morning. I, I like a, a high end brunch. I really do. I, I cherish an excellent brunch. I come from the Ron Swanson school of food. Why would you order any other food if you can get breakfast food? And for me, it used to be the buck and all, and I will still happily brunch at buck and all. Their variety of bacon and pork belly is outstanding. And I love being able to get some dim sum next to my omelet. Um, but notwithstanding the disaster that was my first experience with Brunch at the Win, and we are definitely not telling that story now or ever. Um, Sorry, listeners. Listeners. No. Listeners. No. Look for the episode where I'm like, Bill podcast without John. Yeah. That's the episode you want to yeah, listen we're to. We're not doing that. It's, That's right. I'm doing that. We it, don't have to. In spite of the day that I nearly died in Vegas took me, uh, <laughs> I have come around to, I think... I, and I can't believe I'm saying this because I just said I might take Wicked Spoon over the buck and all. And I feel like I'm throwing shade on the buck and all. I love the buck and all. I will gladly go to Caesars and go to the buck and all with anybody that wants to go. Don't get me wrong. I think for brunch, it's also really, really, really close. I think I might take the win. All right. So let me back up because I want to hear from you why you would take the win, but I want to back up for the users. I don't want y'all to, or listeners, I don't want you to think that what we're describing is a slightly fancier Golden Corral because unless you go to Main Street Station in downtown, that's not what we're talking about. We're going to talk about that more in a minute because I want to come back, but in these cases, we are talking about very high-end, world-class food. I don't know why we talk about things that make me sad, but whatever, right? You're in charge here. Um, We're talking about excellent things but even an excellent place that first plate i need some bacon i need some gravy i need that gravy to be on some bread and then i'll figure out what i actually want so i think i think for me the attraction to the win and again i love the food of the buck and all and i will gladly eat there whenever and i love the variety of the buck and all and that asian station y'all for any meal is outstanding and i yes. like to, i like to mix my dim sum with some breakfast food which is the magic of a uh, brunch um the win so I don't eat a lot of baked goods. I tend to eat a reduced carb meal. The win to me, the the baked goods and the pastries at the win are are outstanding. And I just think that there's something magical about the space at the win. And again, even for brunch, I want an experience. And I think the win provides an experience in a way that Neither Wicked Spoon or the Buck and All quite match. Even when the food is equal, that space at the win is 
just something It is a gorgeous space. Also, you will always remember your first time. And the first time that I had carved pork belly at a buffet in Vegas happened at the Wynn. And I didn't even know that was a thing. It's glorious. Like, I assumed that bacon just came cut. Oh, nay, nay, right? They had this whole slab of pork belly, which they had smoked, and it was in some kind of a glaze and the angels came down and they sang and that happened at the wind and it's not that other places don't do that they do but the wind was all will always be my first carved pork belly love and y'all i'm a fat kid i gotta eat and yeah the car carved pork belly if you haven't done that you're wrong and you need to do that as quickly as possible so i i and and, and for me i think I, I would edge out the win a little bit, but I want to come back around mm-hmm. to your your comments because I want to I want to put out my pick for best value, and I would not eat here for lunch or dinner. But I will say Main Street Station, which for breakfast is I'm sure inflation's made this go up because we went there last year, so I'm sure it's higher now. But we gave like twenty bucks, and there were some dishes at Main Street Station that were very Golden Corral-y. And folks, once upon a time, I worked at the Golden Corral. I'm something of an authority on it. I don't eat at them anymore because I worked at one. Um, There were some definite misses at Main Street Station. I will say this about Main Street Station. The the omelet and egg station, the chef or cook who was working that did an exemplary job. And again, I don't allow myself to eat a lot of breads, pastries, and starches. Weirdly, even though some of the food at Main Street was very sketch and low end, I had a very competent omelet, basic but but edible breakfast, a solid cup of coffee. Their bakery is on par with these high-end bakeries and since i don't let myself eat that kind of food very often if i was i would not go out of my way for main street station but if i happen to be downtown and if i'm going to let myself really cheat on my diet and i don't care about my blood sugar that day and they can saw off three toes the bakery alone at Main Street Station can be worth the price of admission. But I would say that even though I'm going to call that my value pick, your criticisms are fair. And y'all stay away from the giant tub of eggs. It is powdered eggs. It is bad. If you're going to get eggs, go to the omelet station. You don't have to get an omelet. They will fry you eggs. They will scramble you eggs. Just be choosy. But if you get the right items at Main Street, I would rather eat that they needed hash house a go-go and i enjoyed hash house so that's just that's just me i see your point but to me the buffet at main street station crosses that point about why would i go to that buffet you were talking about this earlier why go to the buffet instead of just like your favorite local diner if i and if i'm in downtown anyway the best breakfast in Vegas is at Siegel's 1941 over in the El Cortez. If that doesn't work for you, there are other places that serve a lovely, competent breakfast. And if all you want, if the only thing you want is a breakfast place, just go to one of those places because you were talking about the best value buffet. And best value doesn't just mean cheap. Cheap is a Fair. part of it. Fair. But there's got to be some kind of, of value beyond the, hey, just give me some bacon and eggs. The best value buffet in Vegas, and from almost anywhere, this is going to require an Uber ride, don't much care, 
go to the All You Can Eat or the AYCE, they sometimes market it at, Buffet at the Palms. I was there on Labor Day, on a Sunday of Labor Day weekend last year. So like as busy as a weekend is ever going to get, we went for brunch and it was $105 for three of us. So that works out to $35 each, but that was after tax, right? It was $35 after tax on a busy holiday weekend oh, wow. Sunday brunch, okay. which included all you can drink mimosas. Okay. So, and if y'all are thinking, hey, $35 is a lot for a buffet, sure it is if you're at the Golden Corral in Midland, Texas, right? Like, sure. That's went out of business 20 years ago, but nobody's counting. You know, I went to the one in Odessa. There's a story there. And again, our so listeners. Sad. Our listeners don't need to, if our listeners know that story, it's kind of a mutually assured destruction. Yeah, thing. no, we're not letting that story out of the bag. No. no. Um, so the all-you-can-eat buffet is very much a high-end Vegas buffet, but they know they're off the strip. They know they're kind of in their own island. For $105, it was three of us, $35 each after tax, including all-you-can-drink mimosas. They had the crab legs. They had the carved-to-order meats. Like, it was phenomenal. And if y'all are like, hey, that's a lot of money. I'm sorry, I got distracted. That was the point I was going to make sure it is. But some of these other buffets can cost $65, $70, depending yeah, on time of day, what options you get, all that sort of stuff. $35 alcohol included after tax was on the Vegas scale of things a steal and nothing like the buffet in whatever your hometown happens to be. So value has to imply a combination of price because of course price is a thing as well as what you're actually eating and the best value buffet in vegas is the all you can eat buffet at the palms there are a couple of places i like better if the only thing i care about is the food which is a thing which happens if let's say i've gone on a winning run at the blackjack tables or something like that the night before but it's vegas that's not how that usually goes no the best value buffet in vegas is the ayce buffet at the palms okay and I have not had that one yet, so I'm going to accept your answer. But I will counter your argument that Main Street is is unedible. I will say that. I, oh, I, I edibled two plates full right, of it. I just i it, it made me sad. There, there are some. Well, the space is beautiful. You'll at least grant that. Main Street the space, has beautiful architecture. Yes, John is correct. That is a beautiful, beautiful space. It looks like the train station that it apparently used to be. But. Uh, if you're going to do the main street, get your eggs fresh cooked. Don't get egg dishes off the line. They're terrible. Yes. Uh, I will say that the Hawaiian pork dish actually was not bad. And I had something that. that was trying to be denty more beef stew there. That was terrible. Yes. I will grant you. So there's some definite things to avoid in that place. But y'all, the baked goods, If you're on, if you're on a carb binge... The baked goods in Main Street Station, they are, as I like to say as a diabetic, they are toe-worthy. They really are. You can call me stubby and get me some of that. It really, their bakery is as good as the big ones we talked about on the strip. The rest of their food, very hit and miss. No argument from me. Uh, but the omelet station, they'll make you any eggs you want, and then you could carbo load to your heart's delight. Okay, I have a future. Uh, I have a future buffet that I want you and I to hit up at some point, and I don't know when we do this because apparently they can be booked up for up to a year in advance. But your favorite YouTuber, 
Norma Yelly, Gelly, Yelly. By the way, y'all, we do watch other YouTubers. The difference between us and them is we're old, ugly, middle-aged men, so you don't see our faces in videos. We have faces made for radio. That's why we're bringing you this Um, podcast. Norma, to put it delicately, uh, is not a a middle-aged man. Uh, and we do like, there's a lot of Vegas YouTubers we watch and we really greatly appreciate. Uh, she put out a video, I think yesterday or today. So Anthony's Steakhouse at M Resort has the most expensive brunch. They only do it on Sundays, hundred bucks a pop. Oh, good Lord. But like they have a phenomenal seafood line. They have beef Wellington on there. They have all your breakfast favorites. I think we need to make that a life goal at some point. And don't you dare go without me. But we need to figure out a time that we can book that and be in town on a Sunday morning. So do we Um, want to try to sober up and do that on the Labor Day trip? I don't think we're going to be able to get reservations. They're booked through the end of the year, she said. Oh, wow. We can try. But given that we're traveling with like four or five dudes, I don't know that we're getting in. Well, it's our buddies. We won't actually know how many people are going until we show up. True. But if we can get in, like I'm not above trying to book it but from what i understand they book up up to a year in advance we're, we're gonna have to plan this but that is now on my list of things where and you know me i call myself the baller on a budget i'm usually looking for the deal i'll eat at the 20 dollars main street station when you won't i'm willing to fork up the 100 bucks for this place because it looked that good in the video you know what i will so y'all if John is willing to spend money on a thing, it's a thing we're spending money on. So I'm going to take my buddy's advice here. Okay. So we'll, 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 we'll get that down eventually. Have we picked a buffet for the Labor Day trip yet? So we're, uh, y'all, we're going with a group of guys on the Labor Day trip. The short version is that four years ago, I quit a job I didn't particularly enjoy and stuck a buddy of mine in the same organization with the job Um, And technically, the end of my appointment was going to be on August the 31st, and I was still going to stay in the same organization in a different role. August 31st was going to be Saturday night. So, um, you know, the the office passed from me to him on a Saturday night in Vegas, and from there started a tradition of there's a group of guys who goes to Vegas every year. Um, On the, the Labor Day trip this year, we're going to be at Resorts World up on the North Las Vegas Strip. The buffet actually in Resorts World inside the kitchen, not not really worth it. I wouldn't do that. If we're going to buffet on this trip, it almost has to be at the Wynn because that's one of the places we can walk to. And I don't think we want to try to find an Uber that'll take all six of us. And that's that's fair. We may have to come back to that later. But uh, yeah, I'm sure we probably wind up at a buffet at some point because we usually do. We, we almost don't. inevitably do. Okay, well, let's move on from Buffetville into the news. So we're going to start with some sportsy news. So if you're a fan of Puckball, the Las Vegas Knights, the beloved team of Nevada, and everybody who doesn't live in Nevada but loves Nevada anyway, has won the Stanley Cup in their sixth year of existence. So, Bill, how do you feel about hockey, and would you go to a, to a Knights game if we could get tickets? I mean, if we could get tickets at a relatively low price, sure. Mostly I go to hockey games because I'm hoping a fight will break out. I really don't understand the rules. If it was baseball, I could explain the difference between five 
different, you know, my youth sports organizations and how they handle a drop third strike and how that rule changes to high school to the various levels of the pros. On hockey, I know that the rough goal is to get the puck in the net. And I know that large amounts of physical violence are acceptable. There comes some point where the physical violence is not acceptable. That's what I know about hockey. So sure, I would go. I need to know that they would sell mixed drinks there so I could get something stronger than a beer. And I'd sit and wait for a fight to break out. Okay, that sounds like a good plan. So uh, we're very happy for Knights fans. Clearly, we're not big experts in hockey because we live in the barren wastelands of West Texas. Uh, where, uh, yeah, hockey is not a thing we grew up with, but uh, yay team, so we're happy. Okay. Yeah, well, good for them. So let's move on to a sport we understand a little bit better. Bill, give us our baseball up- update. So the Nevada legislature finally passed a $380 million funding package to help the A's build a baseball stadium. That was the last remaining obstacle before Major League Baseball would approve the A's move from Oakland to Las Vegas. Now, to be clear, Major League Baseball hasn't issued their final, final, super final okay on this. I don't know what the process is called, but that's, that's what I'll call it, and I'm not that wrong. But because the legislature has done this, yeah, the A's are moving, it looks like they really are going to go in the site of where the Tropicana is now, as opposed to the originally proposed site over by the football stadium on the other side of the highway. Frankly, I like this new site better. It also looks like this new site's not going to be ready until the 2028 season. That means that after the A's play next season in Oakland, there's going to be three years. they got to find a spot to play. They will almost certainly wind up sharing real estate with their AAA um, team, the Las Vegas Aviators. I wish that team the best of luck figuring out where they're going to be. Yeah, I think they'll just have to... Yeah, I don't know how. I'm sure there's a way to do that, but yeah, that's going to be a weird, weird. Well, and this is going to be huge for Vegas because a baseball game, baseball team rather, has 81 home games a year, and those home games tend to come during the hot and unpleasant time of year when not a whole lot of people want to go to the Nevada desert. So any hotel worth its salt is going to be able to package deals where you know they're like, hey, here is our room and a ticket or whatever. I am really excited about this. Also. We live in Midland, Texas, the home of the AA affiliate for the the now Oakland, soon-to-be Las Vegas A's. I explained to my wife today, actually, as we were in the car on the way to church, that we are now A's fans in this household, and she explained to me that I was a jackass who should quit talking. Um, And then we used additional words and then tried to get into the spirit for worship services. She is an Astros fan. Bless her heart. She can continue to do that. I'm not sure that was about baseball. I think that was just a general reflection. But anyway. Uh, You know, sure. But she likes to have opportunities to say it where it's appropriate and have the whole congregation join it. And nobody can blame her. No, nobody really can. But yeah, no, it looks like now there really will be baseball in Vegas. We don't know exactly when the first games will be played. We don't know exactly when the first games will be played in the new stadium. And it's Vegas. There is always going to be a process. Y'all, I'm excited about this. But if they put up a lid at some AC in that AAA stadium, I will pay for the Uber and I will go the first summer. That's a thing. Like, they're not going to They're not gonna put AC in the AAA stadium. It's going to continue to be an open-air stadium. My guess is they play at some unreasonably late hour of the night. Fine. I will go to the 1 a.m. baseball game. All right. Fair. Yeah, that's the thing. And then we can go to a really crappy buffet afterward. It'll be, it'll be great. We'll make a night of it. All right. 
So let's move on to some openings and closings. Hey, we should make that a segment in future episodes. So I want to talk about one thing that is coming. So downtown Grand, which you have stayed at, I have not. My experience there is very limited, although I will say uh, I, I had a beverage and gambled for 30 minutes. I walked away $25 up considering how little I gamble. That's actually really, really good. Dig the vibe of the place. They are opening something called the Fat Cat Jazz and Blues Lounge, which is right up my alley. Bill, any interest in catching some jazz and blues in Vegas? So I love the Downtown Grand as a space. They've also got some outstanding suites that are available at good prices. They've Before they did this, they have some, had some spots I want to drink. My problem with the Downtown Grand is it's not actually really good gambling odds. Like even there, most of the, the blackjack tables pay six to five on blackjack. I don't want to gamble there, but yeah, absolutely. I will go there to drink next time we're on a downtown trip. Although I will say, even though the six to five blackjack is a bummer that for people who are learning how to play blackjack, you can get very low table minimums. Apparently they still will occasionally roll out dollar a hand tables, although that's getting more and more rare, but $5 a hand and, and here's the deal, because I am not as good a blackjack player as you are. I would rather face worse odds at a lower table minimum until I really learn the game. That's fair. No, that makes total right? sense to me. So I think the grand has that going for it. But in terms of video poker and slot return to player, the grand is not bad. Um, Four Queens, I think, is the best spot downtown for video poker. I would say El Cortez used to be one of the best. Uh, I wasn't impressed other than uh, there's a few other machines that have a good payout, but overall, uh, El Cortez kind of disappointed me. Four Queens, video poker at Four Queens is just great. Um, The uh, Sand Dollar Lounge at the Plaza has great video poker odds. Uh, But uh, yeah, Downtown Grand does pretty well, and I, I, I think... I think that's on my list. Like, I need a break from downtown. My last few trips have been there. My wife and I are going to stay at New York, New York, because that's her favorite place on our upcoming trip. The guys' trip we're doing, Resorts World. I'm happy to get back to the strip for a while, but I am at heart a downtown creature, and I don't know that my next stay downtown isn't the grand unless I feel the plaza call me home because the plaza is awesome. Uh, you know, when mama calls, you got to go Bear Bryant. What else is going on downtown? So let's talk about some closing. So we already know that, uh, Banger Brewing, uh, has closed as this going all the way back to, uh, to the spring and now Smash Pig, which is a place, uh, I just popped into our last trip in March. They're closing therapy is for sale. And by the way, I'm hoping somebody buys it and saves it. Folks, if you get a chance to go to Vegas anytime soon, the chicken and waffle at Therapy is unusual. They they do their chicken. I'm, I'm a connoisseur of chicken and waffles. They do theirs with a red velvet cake batter waffle, and they have this herby thing going on. It is a very unique chicken and waffle. It is it is high end. They also have great cocktails. They're a part of the finger licking and lip smacking downtown foodie tours. I hope it survives, uh, but they're up for sales. They might close as well. All of this is tied to uh, Tony Size passing his estate. That's the the, the gentleman from uh, Zappos fame. Okay, cool. Uh, he had invested heavily in what's called the downtown project. So a lot of things like Container Park are tied to that. I didn't realize Banger Brewery was part of that. And his estate no longer wants to invest in these things. And so the ones that have not become financially independent on their own are in big, big, big trouble. 
Uh, so, so Bill, what do you think about losing the, and I know I'm talking about a couple of places you haven't been to, uh, but do you have any fears? Cause I know you love container park. Uh, where does downtown go as the downtown project seems to be imploding? So I don't think that the, the implosion of Tony size particular project is a big problem because, um, so the plaza continues to try to market itself and become bigger and better the circa has fundamentally changed the architecture of downtown you will always have spots like top of binions to go for a really nice cocktail there are sure i would rather see more development in downtown i don't think it's that big a deal i'll miss a couple of these spots but there are other spots there that i also like so this to me is not all that big a, a deal I don't know. The Smash Pig was really, that was a lovely afternoon. Uh, you were getting a haircut. I am bald, so that is unnecessary. I instead uh, I instead paid attention to my liver. The bartenders there were great. So uh, in, on the off chance that one of our five listeners happens to be staff at the Smash Pig, thank you for a lovely opera, uh, afternoon. I'm so sorry that you're out of work now. I hope you find something wonderful quickly. Uh, and by the way, that Trinidad Sour, while, while an acquired taste, was amazing. You and did I, love that Trinidad Sour. And I have not managed to make one right. And neither has our buddy Eric, who is our favorite bartender in Midland. His was still a little harsh. I'm going to nail that drink eventually. Uh, but yeah, this bothers me. All right, well, let's move on. So uh, from Eater Las Vegas, a, a website that was once phenomenal and slowly rebuilding uh, after their head writer retired. I think they're slowly getting back to form. They report that the James Beard Awards have come out for 2023 and absolutely zero Vegas chefs and Vegas restaurants won an award. You and I both go to Vegas, I think for as much as anything, for the food and beverage program. We do. We're, we're not huge gamblers. You more than me, but I'm too cheap to really seriously gamble. And I'm not a huge gambler. We're, we're, we're both, you know, ethical Protestants who are married. So we don't go to a lot of the gentlemen. Well, we don't go to any of the gentlemen's establishments, honestly. We're in Vegas for food and beverage. Let's be real. Uh, the idea that the James Beard Awards have completely snubbed our favorite travel destination. What do you think? I'm assuming that the judges had over Vegas and simply forgot to write their notes because there are y'all, there are so many fantastic restaurants in Vegas. And I've eaten at some James Beard places in other cities. And of course, those are excellent too. But the fact that there are absolutely no James Beard places in Vegas, it's the best culinary city in the world, y'all. I, I lived in Mexico City, which is an amazing culinary city. I have traveled to Africa, to most of the major European capitals. I've traveled to Tokyo. I have traveled to Southeast Asia. I have been all over the world. I think Vegas is the best culinary city in the world. So if there's not any winners there, I'm just going to assume the James Beard people had an off year. Yeah, I, I, I can't imagine that. And it, it does remind me just how, you know, when you're on Fremont Street or the Strip and you see people standing in line to get into Denny's. Why would you, why, what, why buy the plane ticket? Yeah, I don't understand. Um, yeah, you can lose some money at three card money and eat at McDonald's at home. If you're going to go to Vegas, please eat some of the amazing food. Do not eat any meal in Las Vegas that you could get at home. The one allowance I will, I will grant if you need survival coffee, 
Starbucks coffee and McDonald's coffee, Dunkin' Donuts coffee are acceptable purely for survival coffee. Other than that, if you can get it at home, please don't get it in Vegas. Yeah, no, that's not the point of making this trip. Yeah, no, not at all. Okay, one last story and then we're going to wrap things up and get into our channel update. According to Scott at Vital Vegas, who ran a very unscientific Twitter poll along with his partners at Casino.org, and this is in light of the opening of Brian Christopher Slot's and the uh, carousel bar outside at the plaza. We touched on this in episode five. 62.1% of respondents said that they believe that smoking should be banned at Las Vegas properties. I am not a smoker anymore other than the occasional cigar. But Bill, I got to tell you, I, I disagree. I think part of the point of Vegas is to do things you don't do at home. And if somebody wants it, I want there to be non-smoking options in Vegas. I love Park MGM. I look forward to checking out Brian Christopher Slots. I would like to see more non-smoking options. But banning something in Vegas seems contrary to Vegas It, to it seems anti-Vegas. So if you're if by ban you mean you want the the metro police to stop you from smoking or you want the Nevada legislature to pass something I think that's absolutely not something I would support what you're describing is a behavioral choice and when what you're describing is behavioral choices I think that comes down to the property owner's preference and if the property owners want to allow it I can't imagine a reason why you would ban it now I am a little surprised that more property owners haven't voluntarily come to the choice of providing more smoke-free spaces. But for example, um, the Baccarat Cigar Bar in the Bellagio is a fantastic space. A little bit of that smoke's going to drift onto the nearby casino tables. I would hate to see it shut down. No, I don't want to be sitting at a blackjack table next to somebody hacking up a lung, but I've got to, I don't like telling people what they got to do on their own property. And you know what? Yeah, I'll enjoy a cigar when I go to Vegas. So I hope that's not the way it works out. I do hope more, I hope that more establishments will choose to provide, voluntarily provide some smoke-free spaces because that'll make some of their patrons happy, right. but that's a different thing. Right. Uh, but yeah, I, I just, you know, yeah, I'm not a big fan of uh, banning things. I mean, I'm not a big fan of banning a lot of things. There's a lot of things that I personally don't do, uh, but that doesn't mean I want the government to get in there and make other people not do them. I just tend to be uh, a little Jeffersonian. And if it doesn't pick my pocket and break my arm, I don't really want to get involved. People can vote with their feet. That That is all totally fair. Okay, so let's wrap this thing up. So Bill, as we get ready to sign out, any updates on our YouTube channel or other social media outlets you want to let our listeners know about? So our YouTube channel is Dine Drink Vegas. Uh, one of the things that we've started to do there is spend more time talking about airport lounges and stuff you can do in the airport while you're waiting. Also, our shorts have moved to their own channel, Dine Drink, Dine Drink Vegas Shorts. Okay, and so we also want you to follow us on social media. You can find me at Dine Drink John on Twitter. And you can find me at Dine Drink Travel. And we also want you to watch us on Instagram. And apparently we have TikTok. So again, ni hao to our Chinese spice. <laughs> and those are at Dine Drink Vegas. Okay, well, folks, that does it for episode number six. We'll be back in a couple of weeks to preview my upcoming trip. Then we'll do a trip review and a preview of Bill's trip two weeks after that. So until then, happy travels and we'll catch you next time.